None of the content on this or any episode of the Kratom Science Podcast, Kratom Science Journal Club, or on any page of KratomScience.com is intended, nor should it be considered medical claims or medical advice. This is the Kratom Science Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Gallagher, blog and social media writer for KratomScience.com, your source for all things Kratom. Just wanted to update you about a few things for this episode. There's a new article on KratomScience.com called Kratom and Hallucinations, Examining the Evidence Behind the Claims. If you Google Kratom and Hallucinations, you get 5.7 million results. Most of the results, front page Google, are FDA, DEA, and uh, for-profit rehabs and rehab organizations get top billing on Google as well. Certain search terms, like for COVID and stuff, Google, you know, actually fixes it for everybody. And this is, um, you know, a private browsing result. What Google does is they put a case report right on top, which is Cutlip et al. 2021, this case report called... Uh, a case report of Kratom-induced psychosis. Uh, we covered this on Kratom Science Journal Club, episode 24. It's a report of a man whose medical history included a history of post-traumatic stress disorder, traumatic brain injury, chronic primary adrenal insufficiency, several head injuries, a history of addiction to pain relievers, depression. Uh, prior to admission, he had not slept in seven days. Um, his medications, which he discontinued, included 20 milligrams of Cymbalta, 15 milligrams hydrocortisone, 5 milligrams Adderall, 200 milligrams of testosterone weekly. He drank a shot of liquid kratom prior to his hospital admission. After doing 8 or 9 regular kratom capsules um, with leaf powder occasionally, but he had a shot of liquid kratom, and he felt like he had a lot of energy, so he stopped taking all his medications. Then he was unable to sleep for a week. Lack of sleep always causes psychosis, and this caused the people writing the case report to conclude, quote, after speaking with the patient, kratom was considered the most likely cause of his acute psychosis, unquote. That's pretty obviously ridiculous so you get 5.7 million results on google news agencies all over the place have just listed kratom as causing hallucinations with no sourcing you don't expect them to source it's all just clickbait now but this also happens in the medical literature where stuff should be peer-reviewed, and none of this should, this shouldn't pass peer review. Okay, for example, when you look up Kratom and hallucinations, you don't get 5.7 million results on PubMed. You get seven. Seven results when you look on PubMed. PubMed is the library of peer-reviewed medical literature. The first result, uh, Babu et al., 2009, 
It's a um, study about both Kratom and Salvia Divinorum. Dr. Christopher McCurdy is listed as one of the et alls, one of the authors. It clearly only mentions hallucination as an effect of Salvia Divinorum and not Kratom. But what happens is, what should have not passed peer review, is there's a paper by Chang Chen et al. 2017. It listed Babu 2009 as a source for this statement, quote, those who overdose on Kratom can experience seizures, psychosis, coma, hallucination. It also sources, in addition to Babu, Forrester 2013 as a source for that claim. This is a Texas Department of State Health Services report on Kratom-related calls to the Texas Poison Control Center from January 1998 to September 2013. Two of the calls reported hallucinations after Kratom ingestion. So this Cheng Chen 2017 decided to list hallucinations based on one paper that didn't say them at all and another report that had two callers that said, I'm having hallucinations and I took Kratom. Well, just think for a minute. Well, what's wrong with that? Relying on call-ins to claim that Kratom causes hallucinations. Two callers from 1998 to 2013 in the state of Texas. Well, there's no more information in that paper because I looked at all these papers, all seven of them, and there's more. Uh, there's more papers I looked at in this uh, article about psychosis. But of these seven that mention hallucinations, they only rely on poison control center calls. So what can happen with a poison control center call? What's For one thing, how do they define hallucinations? People have heard of the eye wobbles that some people get with Kratom. By the way, if you get them with low-dose Kratom, I don't think you should take Kratom. You get kind of like minor eye seizures. Well, what do you see in that? You, your vision probably gets blurry. You call up and you and somebody might say, "Oh, I'm hallucinating." That's probably where those reports come from. It's really not a hallucination. It's just a minor eye twitch, most of the time. But like I said, I don't think you should use kratom if it causes a weird effect like that right away with a low dose. There's other factors. Um, uh, there might be a co-ingestion of other illicit drugs. If somebody's tripping and they're saying, I took Kratom, this legal drug, and it's giving me these symptoms, and what can I do to um, stop these symptoms of hallucination? Maybe is there something I can take or something I can eat to stop that? And they want to hide the fact that they did an illegal drug like LSD or mushrooms. You don't know if the products were adulterated because none of these products are tested. All stuff that you should know before making a claim like Kratom causes hallucinations. And then there's three papers on this list of seven, this PubMed search for Kratom and hallucinations, that just lists hallucinations as one of the side effects without any sourcing. And let's name them. Barrio Puzzi, uh, that's a Spanish paper, 2013. Sangani 2021, and Wright 2018. They just list hallucinations as a kratom effect without any sourcing. And you can go look those papers if you don't believe me. Eggleston et al. 2019 cites 45 reports to the National Poison Data System 
over a seven-year period that can't rule out those possibilities that I talked about as far as concealing illicit drugs, reporting blurred vision as hallucinations, etc., etc. There's no further investigation into those call-in self-reporting claims. Grunman criticized that paper, Grunman et al., 2019, critiques Eggleston, noting that, quote, the authors did not acknowledge that their data and methods prevent determining causal relationships between Kratom and adverse outcomes, unquote, and, quote, the contribution of adulteration or contamination cases was ignored, unquote, just like I said. So, and then we look at the uh, Kratom and psychosis. I searched that. 13 results. 10 of the results don't even look closely at specific cases of Kratom and psychosis. They just list it as psychosis as one of the effects. And they might cite one of these three papers I'm about to talk about, but they might not cite anything at all. So, that sucks that that happens in peer-reviewed literature. I mean, obviously, you can't rely on the news to be accurate about science at all, but that it happens in peer-reviewed literature just sucks. And it gives uh, pseudoscience assholes ammo to be like, well, there's holes in the peer-review process. A lot of hacks like to do that. High-level hacks. By the way, I'm not a pseudoscience person either, and I'm not a conspiracy person just because um, I support the right to take Kratom and take all kinds of medicinal plants and grow them in your yard if you want to. That doesn't mean I'm against uh, medicine either, but a lot of people have had bad experiences with medicine. This is a big digression. Anyway... So, the three reports that come up on PubMed that specifically talk about psychosis in people, that actually look at the psychosis, is one is the case report that I talked about at the beginning of the podcast. It's just clearly the guy hadn't slept in seven days. He had multiple medications he was taking that he just stopped, and he was only taking four to four and a half grams of kratom occasionally, and then he had one shot of liquid kratom, and they say that caused his psychosis. The guy is a uh, he had six tours of duty, um, several head injuries, and and PTSD and traumatic brain brain injury, and they're like the kratom caused it. So yeah, peer reviewed science isn't uh, immune from so to speak, immune from shitty headlines like a case report of kratom-induced psychosis. This this came out in the journal Curious, and they had a couple of them that were pretty, pretty bad. Or the headlines were bad like that about kratom, and the, and the actual reporting was fine. It just had like a uh, catchy train wreck headline. But this this is all the way. Kratom was considered the most likely cause of his acute psychosis, not lack of sleep for seven days? Are you fucking serious? So, that goes in the garbage. If Kratom causes psychosis, I want to know, and I want to tell people. This isn't fucking politics. This is Kratom science. I want to know, and I want to tell people. So, um, the other two reports that were actually looked at whether Kratom causes psychosis, uh, 150 regular Kratom users from Malaysia. 
This is uh, Leong bin Abdullah et al. 2019 Malaysian team, I believe, from University of Science Malaysia. I worked down at the University of uh, Science there. Looked at 150 regular Kratom users, tested them based on, you know, accepted scientific tests for psychotic symptoms. Six were found to have mild psychotic symptoms. The study concludes, quote, although psychotic symptoms could occur among regular Kratom users, they were rare and not significantly associated with Kratom use characteristics. We found no evidence of elevated psychosis among regular Kratom users, unquote. And the final search result from Kratom and Psychosis on PubMed, VG Palam, at all 2016 it was a mouse study found kratom to be quote effective in alleviating positive as well as negative symptoms of psychosis in mouse models unquote and that kratom quote could be utilized for the development of novel antipsychotic drug unquote so in a mouse model they found that it caused antipsychotic symptoms then the other evidence is the real-world evidence that's anecdotal. I've seen a lot of comments uh, on KratomScience.com, Reddit, and all the comments were, I wasn't sleeping, I just got off my meds. Something similar to the case report, in this case, where the guy just stopped taking his meds, didn't sleep for seven days, has a history of brain injury, and I was taking Kratom at the time, and I had psychotic symptoms. So there is no strong evidence that Kratom causes psychosis or hallucinations. In the scientific literature, we have one case report of a guy who didn't sleep for seven days, stopped all his meds, had one shot of liquid Kratom a week before going to the ER, who had psychosis. That's one. We have six people with in Malaysia with very mild symptoms and the scientists concluded it wasn't related to kratom use and we have 45 poison control center calls where you can't rule out other factors like reporting eye wobbles as hallucinations or adulteration with other substances or concealment of illicit drug use that is not grounds to make a definitive scientific claim that Kratom causes hallucinations. So Kratom is not a hallucinogen. That's the bottom line. It's not a drug like LSD, shrooms, peyote, that gives you visuals and makes the room breathe like on an aquarium and stuff like that. It's not a hallucinogen, and that's how people in the media are talking about it. And it doesn't cause psychosis directly, if at all. There has to be several other factors. I mean, coffee can make you stay up too, and losing sleep gives you psychosis. Does coffee cause psychosis? Does coffee cause hallucinations? Of course not. Of course not. And if there's going to be a study that comes out and say, says Kratom causes psychosis in certain individuals or combined with other drugs, we'll let you know about it. So I'm going to update you on the state Kratom bills. Um, we have a post on KratomScience.com, and I will link that post in the description. 
2023 state Kratom bills with sponsor contact information. Uh, this is a post I started in January, and I've tried to update weekly or every two weeks. By the time this podcast goes up, it probably still won't be updated, but it'll be updated by the end of the week. April Fool's Day, you know. That would be an appropriate day to update things that have to do with uh, Congress. God, don't we all hate them for different reasons? It's great. It's great. I don't care who you vote for, which one you vote for, right? Most people think this way, by the way. And I think the great thing about the Kratom issue is we can come together and just work on this one issue. We think people have the right to use Kratom. doesn't matter who we voted for in the last election. We're working on an issue together. I think people can do that with every issue. Uh, gun violence, everything. But once you get it, once you get in that media hole, it's like, well, let's figure out how to divide this issue up. And people voluntarily do it. It's not just like a cabal of media executives deciding how we're going to divide this issue up. Although they do that and they put it out there on cable news. Cable news sucks, by the way. I don't care which one you watch. It makes you dumber, no matter whether it's Fox or MSNBC. But anyway, I'm here to make you smarter. So the state Kratom bills, I I just want to read basically the new information. West Virginia and Virginia have both passed their Kratom Consumer Protection Acts. Uh, West Virginia was going to be a ban bill. It was good work um, that the American Kratom Association did to curb that into a Consumer Protection Act bill. The bill in Georgia that was also a ban bill that was morphed into a Consumer Protection Act with kind of harsh penalties. That was tabled by the Senate, but it was also tabled by that committee. Uh, Brad Miller, our past guest, testified. It was pretty popular in the creative community, uh, the videos and such. So I don't know what the fuck tabled means in Georgia, Um, but the Senate tabled that bill, HB 181, That was a ban bill, and it turned into a Kratom Consumer Protection Act with pretty harsh penalties, definitions about Kratom vaping and and just bizarre stuff. Same with the West Virginia one. Um, If if you're consuming Kratom in West Virginia, I think you're fine. But the place, the shop you might buy it, they're gonna be they're gonna have to pay like some licensing fees and stuff. And anybody who sells kratom out of West Virginia, like an online vendor, they're gonna be subject to restrictions and stuff, and pretty harsh penalties. All the new laws that pass after we're done with this legislative session, hell, I'm gonna write article on each new bill and explore what that means for consumers and vendors. So deal all right um so virginia west virginia passed georgia was tabled there's a new law in nevada which is pretty strange uh it's there's a state board of oriental medicine which i've never heard of in any other state anyone selling in nevada has to register with a state board of oriental medicine now i think there's big companies that sell out in nevada and So it kind of becomes an issue anytime there's a big company because they're the one funding the lobbying efforts via the American Kratom Association. Because the one in Georgia was directed at another big company. They're trying to 
put them out of business with like regulation. You know, they're going to regulate their extracts so that they have to be at a certain level. So some of these laws are targeting the bigger business and, and trying to either get tax money out of them or put them out of business. And there's a big lawsuit in Georgia that fueled um, the motivations for the law down there. So it's it's kind of a bizarre law in Nevada. It's AB 322. I don't really understand it, but probably has something to do with the uh, big companies that operate out of there. Other laws, there's a movement in Tennessee on a, on a couple of laws. There's a house and a state bill in Tennessee. Illinois, there's some movement on that law. Uh, Texas, um, Missouri has a Kratom Consumer Protection Act, uh, both in the House and Senate, so there's movement there. Vermont, I think that's a new one. Montana, yeah, Montana, they actually read that one. I thought that was, um, I thought that one died. But the Montana one just, all it does is prevent people from selling Kratom to minors, which every sane person supports. Kids shouldn't have Kratom, definitely. Louisiana, there hasn't been any official movement, but there's some shit going down down there. Uh, they want to pass that bill. Um, they're going parish by parish, just like Mississippi went county by county. So we're going to keep an eye on Louisiana and definitely have an update about that. If not, um, bring maybe Paul back on uh, to talk about that a little bit. Uh, Paul Schexnader. Uh, there, the rest of the bills, there hasn't been movement in a few weeks, but like I said, I will put a link to that in the description, and it'll probably be updated, hopefully by Thursday night, if not by Friday afternoon. I generally support reasonable regulations, but it's not even like supporting or opposing regulation. It's just kind of an abstract bullshit thing. It's, does it solve problems? Laws sometimes solve problems. They sometimes cause problems. And most of the time, both. What people really need to know is whether the Kratom they're purchasing is unadulterated. And eventually they need to know the alkaloid content. It's hard to do without a lab infrastructure. But the, at the very least, they need to know that their Kratom is uncontaminated and unadulterated. It's pure leaf Kratom. With the extracts, there should be an alkaloid profile in every single fucking bottle of those extracts. Just don't take extracts. I don't, in, unless you're unless you're are a veteran kratom consumer, and you already do. Of course, I don't give a shit. But I don't think people should get into kratom by buying extract shots. That's that's how you get into trouble. Do the pure leaf. Uh, that's what botanicals are all about, and we definitely advocate for the use of botanicals. Uh, once you get into extracts, you're getting close to medicine. And when you get into medicine, you need to either do the science yourself if the te technology is available to you, or you need a professional that you need help with. You know, it, it would be great if, if we had the technology. Technology is getting cheaper and cheaper. But in an ideal world, as far as Kratom goes, people would be able to grow Kratom and have a cheap way to test it for alkaloid profiles. Or every vendor would provide evidence of unadulterated kratom with non-toxic levels of bacteria and heavy metals. And how we get there is complex. Check us out on Facebook, 
TikTok at KRADM Science. And on Twitter at Kratom Science, we are having weekly Kratom roundtables with me, Mike Overstreet, the Kratom guy, John Griggs, Misty Brown. Every Friday at 4 o'clock right now, that's the time. On Twitter, they're live roundtables. Uh, please like, subscribe, share, rate, review. Music is by Risey. The song is Memories of Thailand. Kratom Science Podcast is produced by me, Brian Gallagher, for KratomScience.com. Take care.